Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we are back with our boy Chris Dudo, e-bug goalie for the Dallas Stars, content creator as well. Chris, what's going on, dude? I'm just uh, enjoying the lovely Dallas weather over here. Um, I finally got to put on a hoodie and uh, get a little, uh, get a little, uh, you know, kind of remind me of the East Coast a little bit. Uh, so I'm pretty happy with that. But how's everything going for you guys? Good, good. Just super excited to chat because, uh, you know, we haven't come across any e-bugs that also are fans of alternative music, but we yeah. somehow have that one. And <laughs> cross paths, yeah. We are super excited to chat because e-bugs is definitely one of those cool things about hockey that I don't think any of the other sports could even come close to. Um, the fact that Pretty much every NHL team has their own, and you guys can kind of play for the home team, the away team. It doesn't really matter. And yep. I guess most recently, there's the the story of David Ayres from uh, Toronto, who ended up playing a game for the Carolina Hurricanes and went right. on to win the game and made like Correct. you know nine or ten saves, which is epic. And it's his own yeah. team, yeah. <laughs> But somehow, you know, the media twisted it that he was, you know, some Zamboni driver off the street winning a game at 42 years old. But yeah, I think we need to to break some myths and uh, or bust some sure. myths, myths on, on the podcast yeah. because uh, there's no way any NHL teams is getting someone off the street and having them play goalie for them. So, yeah, I guess let's just kind of talk about the process of becoming an e-bug. Sure. Um, so every team does have it, uh, a little bit differently. I've heard that some teams are similar with how they interact, uh, in terms of like tickets, payments, the amount of goalies or excuse me, e-bugs that they have. 
but for me personally, um, I've kind of been lucky since I moved to Dallas to kind of really get plugged in with a lot of really good groups of guys that play hockey a lot and that they care about the hockey they play. Um, so a good friend of mine, uh, he basically about three summers ago was like, hey, I need you to kind of sneak away from work a little bit. Um, the Dallas Stars are having a practice in the summer. They basically skate every day. You and I are going to go be their goalies. And I was like, all right, sick. Didn't really ask too many questions of who was going to be there or not. I was just like, I'm going to go get shelled by some NHL guys for summer practice. So uh, did that for a few skates and then last summer as well. And then, you know, this past summer, um, because I'm now just kind of working on my own and doing a lot of stuff there. I was available to skate every single day. So I was doing four or five days a week uh, with current Stars players or guys that were drafted by Dallas or grew up in Dallas and were hanging out for the summer. And uh, I really think my lucky call was that the current emergency backups that were there uh, were not able to do this upcoming season. So I just noticed a whole bunch of people kind of hanging around the rink one day, kind of looking over at me. I saw a bunch of suits and ties and got a call later from the assistant GM that asked me to be the emergency backup for the year and kind of explained uh, how everything works. Um, and at first when I saw the number pop up, I thought it was like someone tried to sell me tickets. So I answered like, hello, like really pissed off, you know, uh, I was like, of course, I'm as you should, games, as you, you know? did. So I was like, ah, oh, just, you know, someone trying to solicit some tickets. Um, and then I realized it was him and I perked right up and I was like, I hope I'm so glad I did not send that guy to voicemail. So, uh, but yeah, so he gave me the call this year and kind of offered it to me. Um, and yeah, I've been so excited since then. I kind of held it under, under wraps for a few weeks before everything was really official, but it was like tough secret to hold for about four weeks. Now, did they like nice. ask to see your resume and like where you're where you've played before, or just like watching you play these summer practices was enough? And they're like, "Yep, yeah. that's our guy." Uh, a, a little bit of both. Um, so after showing up to the practices, of course, you start just you know chatting with people, hanging out with them, um, and just kind of you know just getting to know them. And uh, one of their skating coaches, uh, who kind of runs the the summer practices, was asking a lot of questions of where I where I've been playing what I've been doing what I do for work kind of some probing questions like that um and then I he really didn't ask anywhere that I played or any like hockey resume until after he already asked me to be the emergency backup <laughs> so it was pretty cool that he got to do that um but I did not play any professional hockey I played ACHA hockey on the east coast and then you know just started going right into working um still played men's league along the way but I always tried to play like the highest level I could um, that I felt that I was kind of, you know, good enough for. Um, and then, yeah, so I guess they just kind of saw me in practice and saw in, in three on three cross ice that I was kind of holding my own and making a few more saves. And I thought a 33 year old guy should be making. So uh, I was pretty happy with that. But yeah. So um, if I did play pro, it actually would have affected the games that I could be the emergency backup for, but I'm sure you have another question to ask on that when we get deeper into the emergency backup stuff. So I'll, I'll hold it for a little bit. Suspense. So you said the ACHL? ACHA, yeah. So that's D1 though, right? Uh, it's, it's, 
it can have D1. So ACHA, they might have changed the name ever so slightly. Sometimes they do like different conference names and stuff like that. The ACHA, when I played in it, was between 2008, 2012. And it was the thing is like the Atlantic Collegiate Hockey Association or American Collegiate Hockey Association. I forget which one, but um, it's basically considered a club hockey. So it's not true NCAA, um, but it would be like the biggest club on your college campus because hockey is so expensive. But basically it breaks down to you have division one, two, and three, and it actually goes in that order. So I played division two um, and it kind of, you kind of like pick before the season where which level you want to enter. And then you have a few play in games and then you pretty much play the season at that level. So when I was played, they were doing uh, D2 ACHA, but if I'm not mistaken, I think they recently moved up to D1 ACHA. Um, but it's basically just club hockey, kind of pay to play. You're just having fun, traveling around. Um, you're not on any, you know, big scholarships or anything like that. Um, but the last I checked, there's over like 900 teams that are in the ACHA because of all the different colleges that might have, you know, enough to fill two or three teams or two levels. So it's pretty cool. And it was very competitive when I played. Okay. Nice. And, and what school did you go to? Uh, I went to Ryder University. Um, it's just outside of Lawrenceville, New Jersey. Um, it's technically closer to Trenton, New Jersey, but I would tell people it's closer to Princeton, New Jersey, because Princeton, everyone knows, is a lot prettier than Trenton. Um, <laughs> so I, uh, I would always tell people it's from Princeton, but I would, like the school is about like 15, 20 minutes away from like actually like Princeton University and like downtown Princeton. So it's right near there. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So like I said, we're, we're busting mitts over here. You know, we got sure. a, a club D2 hockey goalie. It's not just some Zamboni driver <laughs> off the street. Like, yeah. I, I, and I would assume most of the e-bugs across the NHL are similar, like played some level of college hockey, <clears throat> maybe even juniors and correct, maybe even higher than that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool that I've been kind of been able to meet them. Um, I was kind of uh, inducted, I guess the best way to say it, just kind of added into uh, um, their big group chat that they have. Um, so I was just kind of added in there. And I think there's like 60 or so that are in the group, maybe like 45, 50 around there. But uh, it was cool being able to meet them. Um, but there's a gentleman named Justin Goldman who he runs a company called the Goalie Guild. And he focuses heavily on like goalie development, the mental side of goaltending and actually bringing goalie coaches together. Um, so it's kind of a way that if there's a new technique that's coming out, he'll take goalie coaches from around the world, bring them together for this big like retreat. And then they all start to learn the right method then teach it back to their goalies across the world. Nice. Um, so he kind of started this group chat just to kind of keep track of it. Um, and he does really in-depth stuff on goalie depth charts who the emergency backups are. So I'm on his website. So it's pretty cool that I kind of get to be there. Um, but he's the one that kind of started it to get it together. Um, and a lot of those goalies that are in there are guys that did play division one or division three, excuse me. Um, or they are guys that are like full-time goalie coaches that run a goalie school, you know, outside of Calgary. Like there was an e-bug situation last night where, Jacob Markstrom gets hurt in Calgary. Dan Vladar has to start and their emergency backup dresses and sat on the bench for the entirety of the game. 
Um, and he is a full-time goalie coach that runs a goalie school outside of Calgary. So it's not like they're just walking outside or some guy scans his ticket to the arena and they're like, Hey, you're playing tonight, you know? So it's like, they definitely have a system and it's definitely done the right way. But yeah, there's definitely some people that think like, I just scanned my ticket into the arena and they're like, you're in the NHL tonight. And it's very kind of competitive with how you get into it. Um, but it's, it's a pretty cool thing to kind of be able to, to be one of them. Can you imagine it's like the emergency row on an airplane versus like, are you, sir, are you comfortable yeah. with, with suiting up tonight and hopping on the ice just in case the goalie yeah. goes down? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like you just sit there and like you have the aisle seat, take them over to you and ask you that question. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be wild. Hey, the NHL might need to do that to make it a little more exciting these days. So the NFL needs to do that after all those quarterbacks went down last season. They're like in in football though, like if a quarterback goes down, like don't they usually take like a wide receiver that like played quarterback like a few times in high school or something? Or like if a kicker goes down, he gets replaced by someone on the team. I'm just sitting in the stands, like I'm not a fully contracted NHLPA player, so I'm just yeah. like hanging out and could go be in the NHL within like sixty seconds. So it's mm-hmm. crazy how that happens, but. Do they have anything like that in other sports, like MLB? No. Nothing like that. Like, nothing. Just, yeah, crazy. Not that I know of. And and like you mentioned, you know, most football players, especially like wide receivers, like you said, probably played quarterback for their high school, right? Like yeah, that's they know how to throw a football, right? They know how to throw a football pretty well. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I don't the same for hockey. Just go play goalie. <laughs> no. No. Crazy. So- I think in the NFL, because I literally I was looking it up because I was like, do they have like an ebook situation like other leagues or not leagues, but other sports? Yeah. And in the NFL, I guess they just they just greenlit that you can pull up your practice QB. So your third and fourth string QB and move them up just in case like, you know, in a terrible situation like the 49ers had in the NFC championship. Where both your quarterbacks go down and you're just kind of like, yeah, what do we do? Well, yeah, because I, I feel like I feel like it's different in the NFL, you know, not necessarily where as a goalie you have, you know, you you, you don't necessarily have to memorize a whole bunch of plays right. per se. Um, where them like they have to know like all the code signals, they have to know all the hand signals, they have to be able to do this, do that. Yeah, to know the so system, I feel like yeah. I feel like there's a little bit more of a system that comes in like other sports, especially with like MLB with pitching too. Yeah. Um, it's whereas totally like, different. yeah, goalies, you just got to catch this 90 mile an hour puck flying at your face. <laughs> yeah. Try not to <laughs> take it, take it to the teeth. Try not to take yeah, it to the neck. <laughs> yeah. It's I, I've had a few scares in practices with the guys. Um, it's one of those things like you watch it on TV. I know you guys talk a lot about hockey and enjoy that side of it. That's why we're here, right? Yeah. But it's until you're there, like there's no way, there's no way to really explain it. Like how fast guys will shoot the puck, how deceptive they are, like just their vision for the game. It's like anyone can pick up and start playing and learn it, but these guys have like really started to master it. And some of the conversations they have about the plays they make, where they're open, where they're not, it's like the most elite level conversations I've ever heard about sports. So that's why sometimes I feel lucky 
they just get to like hear that insider info when like Duchesne and Marchman are talking about what they like to do on the power play. You know, like it's cool hearing that stuff. And then I'm over here like, yeah, that's a good idea. Like that's yeah, great. yeah, you know, sure. I'll, I'll do the same thing, right? Um, but it's 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 cool hearing that stuff. But until you're there and you get to experience it, like sometimes pucks just hit me and I'm like, that hurts. Like, yeah, I feel it. So, but that's why they're they're in the best league in the world, right? Mm-hmm. So do yeah. you? do you watch like any tape or anything going into it? Or you just kind of like, you're just in the stands raw dogging it. Um, I <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. No pants. So no, it's a, uh, it's, I try to like research the teams that are there. Yeah. Um, and then I try to figure out if they do have a history of anything happening or who their goalies are. Um, I just try to kind of like, I'm not hoping for anything negative to happen. I just want to visibly be visibly be able to see the goalies and where they are. So depending on the team and how they like to sit on the bench, sometimes the backup goalie is sitting on the bench, sometimes yeah. in the tunnel in the corner, sometimes they sit in different areas and I just have to kind of visibly see them to know, because if I don't see someone or someone's not on the bench, like I have my phone in my hand waiting for the call from the equipment manager to be like, Hey, get down here. So I just kind of have that visual lock, but I do try to figure out the teams that I'm playing. Like if I have to e-bug against uh, like the Tampa Bay Lightning, you know, like mm-hmm. Vasilevsky is just came back from injury. Did he come back too soon? Is he okay? Uh, the other, uh, you know, backup goalies they have, do they travel well? Are they okay? So I kind of like think of those things, but I I would doubt that other emergency backups do maybe just because I'm so hyper-focused on it, but yeah, uh, I like to try to contribute in, in whatever way I can. So if my job to be two steps away from the NHL is just figure out where their goalies are sitting and who's on their power play and who the starters are, I feel like that's the least I can do. So yeah, I do try to watch it a little bit, but also at the same time, my partner comes with me to every game and she is a huge hockey fan. And, uh, she likes to watch it as well too and just kind of just be a fan so sometimes nice. she's like stop filming just, you know just kind of hang out uh, a little enjoy bit it. it's like i'm cold you know so i gotta hold her a little bit put the camera down so it, it's pretty cool but yeah sometimes i try to just enjoy it, but other times I, kind of, I try to make it feel like a job you know you should get her that violent gentleman uh stand like the blanket that you have for the stands that you can just pack yeah. really quick we, we literally were just looking up their their merch uh, like earlier today, <laughs> yesterday a little bit too. We were kind of talking about this, and uh, I've I've always worn VG and everything, and she's like starting to research it more now. So she was she was shopping that too. She's always cold, so nice. makes sense. Hammer should just give us a ten percent off discount where we can just like advertise it on the, the podcast. Uh, I did used to have a fifty percent off with Violent Gentleman. Uh, don't tell Hammer, but <laughs> but um, <laughs> when I was. Uh, when it was started right it was from Princeton mm-hmm. so since I grew up in the area my goalie coach was good friends with George Paros so he like let me use the Princeton discount I don't know if there still is one or not but I used it like a few times and then I went to use it again it was gone <laughs> so I don't know if I was the only one that was using it this is like nine or ten years ago now but uh it was still pretty funny that you know I was trying to use it and uh that's how I got a lot of my my old uh enforce philadelphia shirts hell yeah i love that classic ones yeah so chris let, let's jump yeah. into like your day-to-day like the sure. the your game day i guess routine because I, i'm sure you know justin mentioned that you 
like to research a little bit about the the goalies and the teams that are coming into Dallas, but kind of just what's what's the whole routine like for you on a game sure. day? Um, so when I was originally hired as an emergency backup, you're not just hired for the game, according to the stars. So you're basically for the day. So there's the morning skate at the arena. So recently I had to do one two weeks ago where I had to go do morning practice before the game against the Avalanche. Um, Ottinger wanted to rest a little bit, so it was just me and Wedgwood out there. Um, but you kind of get hired for the day. So, of course, I know the day before going into it, I pre-pack my bag just in case I get the call last minute, like 8.30 in the morning, like, hey, we need you. Um, usually the stars are really good with like letting me know the night before if something happens, but I just like to have a bag packed, ready to go just in case. So, excuse me, the gorgeous set you have sitting back here is usually tucked away in the bag, ready to go. Um, and then just kind of have like my normal coffee, my normal routine, eat well. Um, and then I just kind of hop into a lot of the content that I'm doing through the day, uh, make sure I have my post ready to go. Um, if there's anything I need to film or edit, I work on that. Um, and I just try to like stay in tune with the hockey highlights from the night before or what was going on and then just kind of live my life normally, do my thing. Um, but kind of like what we were just talking about earlier, um, I don't just want to show up there and, you know, just kind of like be a schlub or, uh, just like snack on food the entire time, you know, I try to feel like I'm part of it. Um, I was told by a good friend of mine, uh, Nate Page, uh, who basically told me like, you're part of a world-class organization. Like they called you to kind of like do this. So like, you better dress nice. You better have your car washed. You better be ready to go. So we were talking about it and I was like, yeah, I guess that's the least I can do. Right. So, uh, I am required to be sitting in the seats one hour before puck drop. That's a specific Dallas rule. So. Um, I have to sit there and be ready to go. And of course, Dallas traffic driving into a lot of major cities gets to be tough. So if puck drop is seven. Uh, I usually leave in the house around like 445 or five, make sure I can get down there by six and make sure I'm ready to go. And then I park under the arena with the rest of the players to get to go through the player entrance, usually give them a little wave when I'm walking through and see them playing soccer in the tunnel beforehand. And then just go sit in the seat and then just kind of get ready to film the warm-ups um, and try to get ready for to film some of that content. Um, but that's kind of what happens there. And I always make sure, you know, throughout the day, like I'm eating well, just because I'm not trying to have like a giant plate of nachos for lunch, you know, and then, and then you got to go try to play and perform later. So I uh, just try to just take care of myself. Um, Chelsea will probably yell at me and tell me to drink more water because I usually never do. So I complain about headaches and stuff. So she'll just tell me to drink water throughout the day. So I'm ready to go and I'm hydrated. But uh, it is it is nerve wracking. Um, I really feel like at any time I can get that phone call or like I'm hypersensitive to when my phone buzzes because I think it's like someone trying to tell me to get ready or something. So I'm a little antsy with it, a little bit on edge with it, but it's um, it's really cool, man. It's really fun. Now, what are your like obligations during the game? Sure. Um, I have to be sitting in the seat uh, an hour beforehand. Um, I pretty much have to be sitting in the seat as visibly as possible. Like they understand if you got to like go run to the restroom or whatever, you know, um, but I kind of have to be there in the seat ready to go. 
um, between even intermissions and everything too. So I like to be there, excuse me, about like two minutes before the puck drop. You know, when the reps come out, I like to be sitting there just so I can kind of like see and make sure that everyone comes out of the tunnel right. Um, and then the second the, the game is over, um, I can just head home, you know, nothing too crazy. Um, but really it's just make sure you're sitting there attentive, ready to go. Um, and I have to keep my gear in the car. Uh, I don't bring it into the arena. So I wish I could bring it into the arena just so I don't have to run out to the car and run back to get it. Cause I feel like I would just be wasting time, but that's their rule, not mine. Um, but yes, yeah, so I just have the gear with me, be ready to go and just have my phone in my hand just in case they got to call me. Do you have special parking or do you have to like park where all the other like losers park? I don't know. He parks under the arena with all the, the yeah. all the players Range yeah. Rovers yeah. and everything. Yeah. I do oh, yeah. so many blacked out Range Rovers and like <laughs> sick blacked out SUVs and like matte black. And I was like, dude, I'm so jealous. Like these look unreal. Like uh, I I have a, a black on black car, so I kind of feel like it matches. Okay. But it's 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 a Honda Passport. It's not like a Porsche or anything. Yeah. Know? So I do feel uh you know it, it's pretty cool. But I park where the other equipment managers are, where some of the other staff is, so they kind of know it's me and everything. Uh, so it's cool that I get to do that. Um, but I, I don't pay for parking or anything, so I get to save myself like thousand dollars a year for not not paying for parking. I don't know how bad it is up. Uh, by you guys but there's a lot of expensive parking around the aac here dude no joke so i'm going to the carolina hurricane and uh new york islanders game on thursday uh so in the past i guess and uh <laughs> i just got the email saying like oh you know pre-purchase your parking for uh 25 or pay at the game for 40 and i'm like 40 bucks for parking in Raleigh, North Carolina. Are you kidding me? Like, it's not even yeah. in that's more expensive city. than Disney or that's anything. True, it it is. is more expensive yeah. than Disney. Yeah. Disney's 35. Yeah. So well, it's got to make his money back. Yeah. <laughs> I could only imagine. Yeah. Parking in a major city now is probably, you know, I would say probably 40 to 50 bucks. Yeah. You're around like, I see signs like 25, 30, like the garage that I park in, it would be uh, 45 or 50, depending on the day. So it would be $50. And like last week there was six home games. So yeah. people that have season tickets to go, they spent 300 in parking uh, just for the week, just mind blowing. But it, it's pretty, it's pretty nice to get to save a few bucks on that. When when I was living down in uh, Miami and we would go to Panther games, we would always hop in my friend's Lexus because they had a Lexus garage. Right. And you didn't have to pay for parking if you were in a Lexus. So we were just like rolling up in this old <laughs> shitty like 1993 people in it. Lexus with like six people in it. Yeah, it's so funny. <laughs> That's the move. Yeah, smart. They don't do that anymore. <laughs> they figured so, it out. Chris, you you mentioned yeah. uh, where where your seats are. You kind of are right, kind of in the action with the the in house DJ close by with the some of the in game hosts and everything like that. Yeah. And not too you know long ago, the the Dallas Stars have started to to get involved in playing some alternative music throughout the game. And uh, have, yeah. specifically, I know that they have played some state champs music. Um, they've also played some Rocket Summer because yep. they're, you know, Bryce from the Rocket Summer is a Dallas Stars fan, and yep. uh, Derek from State Champs is a Dallas Stars fan. So, 
they're mixing it in a little bit. Um, what other gems have you noticed since you're sitting right by <laughs> yeah. the DJ? Yeah, I'm right there. Um, even if I wasn't sitting in front of the DJ, like going to so many games, you kind of notice some of the similar sounds. Or if they wear like their alternate blackout jerseys, the like the black and radioactive green ones, um, they do kind of like a different presentation, different music. So you kind of learn a little bit of some of the things that they do. Um, but my favorite one that I picked up on is after the, the stars get scored on first, they play the opening guitar riff to Damn It by Blink-182. And that's just nice. hilarious to me. Like, you say Damn It, but they play <laughs> Damn It. So, like, to me, I like the first time I heard it, I was like, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> like, I, I love that one. Um, and then usually halfway through the first, sometimes towards the second, uh, they start playing Power Trip. Um, just because of, you know, Power Trip being from Dallas. Mm -hmm. um, they haven't toured since Riley passed, but I love Power Trip. Like, they're just one of those unique, like, not quite hardcore, not quite metal, but somehow both fan bases fucking love them. Mm -hmm. um, so I love them. So as soon as I heard Power Trip, I looked back and, like, right. gave the thumbs up. And the guy was, like, you know, like, pretty excited that I recognized it. Um, and then the goal song for the stars, uh, it's Pantera. It's a custom song written for the Dallas Stars. And I'm not sure if you guys have ever heard the history on it, but my friends kind of forced me to learn the history now being a Dallas Stars employee, if you will. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's pretty crazy. But have you guys heard that story? I don't want to rehash it if you haven't. No, let's rehash it. Already, it. But, okay. <laughs> so it was before, basically during their 99 Cup run, that they needed a new goal song and Craig Ludwig um, being like the big burly defenseman he is like the guy rode custom Harleys would hang out with Pantera and knew them a lot he basically kind of like got uh, I think it was Dimebag and I think Vinnie Paul was the drummer right um, he basically just kind of like egged him on to like we need a song we got to get the boys going in the locker room so it's supposed to be delivered to them I think it was like during or before like one of their like conference finals games or something like that. And the CD was like late getting there, like it wouldn't ship in time. So they pretty much like hand delivered it and they got it to them. And the stars never heard the song, nothing, just trusted Pantera. I mean, to a degree, like I would kind of trust Pantera to write a banger, you know? Yeah. So they pop the CD in and it's their current song. And the guys are just in the locker room, just fucking going wild over it. And then they go out, end up winning the game. And then they had like the single copy of it and they'd like bring it with them in the locker room or like help play it in the arena and stuff. And, you know, that's been the song for 24 years now. Um, it wasn't always the goal song. They kind of like adopted it into that. But um, I think if you just have Pantera that wrote your custom goal song, like you get pretty into it and the fans absolutely go wild with it that's epic yeah and the islanders have such a lame goal song <laughs> they could have had so, some something cool but we don't do the islanders it, change it every year as well too no we've had the same one for a while we used to have the one that was from like jock jams volume one like the Dun, 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 kind of a bagger. <laughs> yeah, we used to have that one. Yeah, but like I'm pretty sure that right now. I'm pretty sure that guy got like arrested or canceled for yeah. doing some shitty stuff. So they got rid of him. And uh I, I don't know like the official 
title of the Islanders goal song, but it's not a Pantera ripper. It's just generic yeah. and terrible. I'm sure other teams have it too because we yeah. don't do anything original. Just just copycats the whole time. Yep. All the I time. I just feel like it's like I don't know, it's it's one of those things in Dallas that like makes it that much more special because you know, Pantera is from the area and yeah. you know, you know, having having someone like that make like a custom song is just like absolutely phenomenal to do it. And they probably it's, recorded it's so in Dimebag Studio. Yeah. It sounds like exactly like what a Pantera song would sound like. Like, it's not like they recorded it any differently, anything better, anything less. It's just Mm-mm. Pantera. And it has, like, the perfect opening riff with the drum roll. Like, the fans get into it. They purposely put, like, gang vocals in it. So, like, it's not just, like, it's a ripper. Like, it has gang vocals. And that, to <laughs> me, makes it, like, even more custom. Um, but it's sick that they that they do that. And uh, like I said, like the fans get so into it. But it's funny because a lot of people would say like Dallas isn't a hockey market. Um, when I found out I was moving to Dallas, I was like, do they have hockey there? You know, like that was my immediate thought. And then meeting a lot of Stars fans, um, you know, skating with the alumni, like I'm skating with them this Friday and I skate with them every two weeks. So like knowing some of the older guys that were on that cup team in 99 and like hearing about how they've stayed in Dallas because of it. Like it is a really big hockey market. And then Mm -hmm. the cherry on top, you have Pantera that wrote a custom goal song. So I do see a lot of transplants that show up that are people like from, you know, that they're wearing their flames Jersey or whatever. And they're just excited to be there, but like the arena is gorgeous. Um, It looks great. It's in a good area. Um, and then you just have a great atmosphere, like where you get to hear Blink-182, get to hear Power Trip, and you get to hear Pantera. So to me, it's a win. Hey, man. Sounds like a win to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, Chris, have you know, I know you, you kind of just got on with the Stars this year being their full-time e-bug. So has there been any, like, close encounters where you were like, oh, man, I might have to run and get my gear on? Have you had that yet? the second game I did, uh, which was yeah, terrifying. Um, so I ended up getting the call really late to come to the game. Like it was uh, like the puck drop is at seven. I'm cooking dinner like 620. I was asked to be there. Very long story, but they're just like, we need you here for puck drop. So I get there, um, park normally, go out through the elevator, head up to my seats, get up to my seats. And then I'm basically then told like, go back down. We need you to grab your gear. Um, so I head back down, grab my gear. So it's like, I'm trying not to like panic, trying not to freak out, like doing like the fast walk. And then when I'm not like near people in the concourse, like I was fucking sprinting. Um, just cause like the Dallas stars are like, Hey, go get your stuff. Like, I'm not just going to walk, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I run out to my car, grab my gear. Uh, the assistant equipment manager was out there, like in the golf cart, ready to go, pull my gear out of the car, put it in the cart, and then he looks back to me and just goes, hey, false alarm, sorry. Uh, so it was like the biggest, like, holy shit moment, because like I wasn't even expecting to be there. So <laughs> I'm like cooking dinner at 6.15, and then at 7.15, I'm being told, like, you might go have to put on your gear to be in the NHL. So like <laughs> – though like even driving down there like i didn't even pay attention to tolls i was absolutely speeding i was just like i have to be here so 
it was terrifying, but that was the game against Toronto. And I actually would have had to dress for the stars. Um, but, you know, without going too deep and kind of respect for some of the stars and the players, uh, I would have needed to dress as the backup. So um, it was cool, but because of where the backup goalie sits for the stars, um, you know, he's very visible. And uh, they don't want to have to pull him away so early in the period and try to create any panic or anything, which mm -hmm. you can imagine having the emergency goalie, like it's cool for me, but for the teams that are out there, they're like, we're going to fucking pepper this guy, you know? Yeah. So I like, of course they want to win, you know, they, they respect it a little bit. They kind of get the situation, but like they're competitive athletes. They want to try to win, you know? So they don't want to, you know, try to create too much stuff going on there. Um, but then they basically just said like, we'll check in with you every period and let you know. It's so like after the first period, my phone buzzes, says like, we don't need you. I'm like, okay, cool. Then second period comes around, like, you're still good. I'm like, of course, I'd like to go get dressed and do it. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm happy. I'm happy that they're they're healthy and ready to go. But it was uh, yeah, the second game I had to be at, and it was against Toronto this year. So it was crazy already. Man, can you imagine if Toronto again lost to an e-bug? <laughs> an e-bug? <laughs> that would have been great. I would have loved Tur that, yeah. Toronto might have burned to the ground because they, like, still get it. Like, that's the chirp that... You know, yeah. you're you lost gonna, to a Zamboni driver. Yeah, yeah, you lost to a Zamboni driver. Um, so if the, if they would have lost again to an e-bug, it would have just been all over, man. I it would have been so funny. Like at the moment, I wasn't even like thinking about it. I was just kind of like tunnel vision, like get my gear, go to the room, get dressed. Uh, <laughs> don't forget your Under Armour. Like you know, what I mean, like yeah, little things like that. And. I didn't even think about like, so for Chelsea sitting next to me in the stands, I just like gave her a kiss. I was like, all right, I'm going to go be in the NHL. <laughs> and then I was like, well, where does she go? Like, does she still sit there? Does she have to go with the family and friends? Like I didn't, I don't know. I was just like, she'll see me out there, you know? Yeah. So it was just, I wasn't even thinking, I wasn't even thinking about the Toronto thing too. That's funny. You brought that up, but I was just like, just so focused on like getting ready and not embarrassing myself for having to be on I think it was I think that was a nationally televised game too. So Jeez. I would have been on the ESPN just trying <laughs> just not chilling. To they should give you they should give you like a little tiny siren that you can put on your car so that you don't get pulled over while speeding. Yeah. They're just like the e bugs going to the game. Yeah. <laughs> like even when I leave the arena, like some people cut me off <laughs> and I'm like, do you not know? Do you <laughs> not know who I am? Like 10 minutes ago, you know <laughs> Oh boy, I love it. It's such a it's like I said, it's such an interesting aspect of hockey. And it's such a, a story that if I'm not mistaken, Disney is making a movie about that whole situation. Tell Tom I'm hired. Yeah, like they're making a movie about David Ayers and, and yeah, him Pixar like movie rising to winning a game in the NHL at forty two years old. Like his stick or his goalie mask or something is in the hockey yeah. hall of fame now like there's a lot it's, that's happened to him yeah he's he's the oldest player to win a game um which is cool so like basically like the same thing for me that like if i were to have to go play they have all my information for like date of birth where i'm from last team played for all the stuff to submit to the nhl uh basically through an amateur tryout that i would become an NHL player for that day. Um, and I would be like 
if if I won or lost, I'd be in a stat book somewhere. You know, mm. if I gave up three on three, I'm in a stat book as zero save percent. You know, like <laughs> it's it's crazy that like it's just that close to happening. But um, it's it's so cool, uh, you know, for for David Ayers to have that happen. But have you guys heard the story about how the whole thing started? Like, do you remember the whole like B and E bug that the Florida Panthers had? No. I, no, I just know like it happened so early. Like you would assume that if an e-bug gets in a game, it's going to be like the last two minutes, right? Like, yeah, you would just assume that. Right. But he played most of the second and the yeah. entire third it's like period. Pretty much half a game. Yeah. That's bonkers. so that that whole thing that happened was when uh, it was in Florida. I think it was 2014, I want to say. Um, and it was Roberto Luongo and Al Montoya. Um, 99% sure is Al Montoya. Um, yeah, which is former funny because that time. Yeah. Former Islander great, yeah. Al Montoya. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, I recently helped him and his son get some goalie gear. Um, and I see him usually every few weeks because he works for the Stars now. Um, cause I did not know that. Al, he has great hair, though. Unreal. It's the, probably one of the nicest human beings I've ever crossed paths with. Um, but he is a great guy, but he works for the stars. Uh, so I see him every now and again. Um, he plays D now. He doesn't play goalie anymore, but still like phenomenal D man. Like he still has a vision of a goalie, um, but it was him and Luongo both got hurt. And so he goes in for Luongo. Luongo has to go back out. And like Al was more hurt than him. And he was like, dude, I can't go. And Luongo was like, dude, like I can't go. So Luongo ends up coming out like I couldn't remember what he heard or what he was dealing with but then they didn't know what to do like there's no protocol for this so the stars basically decided to or sorry not the stars uh the Panthers basically decided to dress their goalie coach Rob Tallis who last played for the Bruins in like 2001 so they decided to pull him out of the press box put him in gear and it was like you got to sit here in case you got to go in so that was even a crazy story of like the goalie coach could have to go play because like you don't see an NFL head coach, you know, putting on pads to go take a snap, you know? So <laughs> it, that's pretty much what it happened. But uh, yeah. So, and then um, I think it was the Panthers held, um, I think it was like pretty much like a contest to become uh, one of their emergency backups. And one of my friends who is still the emergency backup for the Nashville Predators, his name is Dustin Smith. His nickname is Bones. Um, I believe he was living in Florida at the time and went down there and he won it. So like you can look up and see his interview on ESPN and he had like <laughs> no idea that he even won it or anything. Um, but yeah, so he got hired. And then when he went to Nashville, they kind of like told them that he was coming. Um, so it kind of got the rub there. And then, uh, yeah, so he's been the, the backup for the Predators. Um, but he's uh, he actually got to dress for the Avalanche. I think it was two seasons ago and he like fully took warm ups and everything. So like they had him out there just like one of the boys. So pretty cool little story for him, but shout out to bones. But yeah. So if you look it up, like it's crazy that they had like 60 beer leaguers show up to try to like win this position. And that was even crazy at the time too, but now it's every team has them. It's crazy. I just pulled up that story too. And, and uh, breaking, breaking the, the local lore, or the the MythBusters, they were like, 
Panthers almost got their account executive ticket sales person from the box office to play. Yep. <laughs> yeah. What what kind of headline would you want, Chris? Like, what can we make up? And I'm gonna I'm gonna like <laughs> make if you ever get yeah. in a game, I'm just gonna yeah. start tweeting it out like former oh, high school janitor yeah. turned heavy metal yeah. rocker turned. <laughs> Pop Eva. punk dropout. <laughs> local <laughs> local hardcore yeah. drummer called in the middle of set to play goalie for stuff. Yeah. Oh man, I don't. I don't even know. That's that's so funny. That's a good one. I mean, you'd you'd probably have to make fun of me for being vegan at some point in there because all my friends do it. So like, you yeah. have to. So it'd be like I don't know, like something like you have to somehow make fun of the leather or something. I don't know. It'd be probably be something funny to do there. Uh, but yeah, it'd be, you'd it'd definitely be, cool be the to, first to goalie with gauged ears that ever be in that. Yeah, I, I, I keep like that I keep has them to be in when I play. Yeah, so I I keep them in all the time. They look gross when they're out. So they're at thirty three millimeters now. So just over like almost like an inch and five sixteenths, just over an inch and a quarter. But keep them in all the time. Yeah, that would definitely be a first. Yeah, I'd I'd be excited. I used to have like the solid ones in. I got tired of people saying like there's pucks in your ear. And I was like <laughs> over this chirp. So I switched into the tunnel. So I can't get that chirp anymore. Um, but people still try. But I uh want to try to cut that down as much as I can. Got a little old. We should do we should do like a Twitter campaign and to come up with the best headline for Chris's NHL e-bug debut. Stat. Yeah, we oh, should yeah. do that. I've been I've been involved in hockey for so long that I'd probably like forget some of the friends that like knew me that saw that and would just like vote the dumbest thing for something stupid I said like 10 years ago or something um that that'd be pretty funny man I, I'd like to see that too that'd be sick just be like a vegan a crossfitter and a goalie walk into a bar at the same time <laughs> that's that'd be pretty good that's funny hell yeah so let, let, we'll definitely talk some yeah. uh music on the other side but before we do that i do want to let everyone know about our sponsor DraftKings. so the islanders once again are back in the win column so perfect chance for you to throw some money down on the durs and download that DraftKings sportsbook app now use promo code thpn new customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just five dollars on hockey that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after assurance. See DraftKings.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league the air is getting colder the grinch is going to whoville and you just found out that your favorite drunkle is going to be at christmas dinner and while it may be too early to start decorating for the holidays 
it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. And why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale going on now. You've heard me talk about Raycon products before. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like their everyday earbuds, known for delivering high quality and through and thoughtful features such as a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they even expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon Power Tech. Their five-star reviewed Magic 180 cable allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, and Type-C devices eight times faster with their 100-watt power delivery. And their faucet filter ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. It's no wonder why their products have racked up tens of thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is even offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buyraycon.com slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon products. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. Hell yeah. So, Chris, you mentioned you grew up in the Philly area, South jersey area so obviously home to a very rich and vibrant music scene so i guess let's let's talk some of that local scene uh sure you know what what were uh some of your kind of shows that you caught before a band was big or kind of some of those tours that came through that you still remember to this day sure um man it's I haven't talked about it in a while, so I'm pretty happy to kind of, you know, stroll down memory lane and, and think of it. Um, but I started going to shows when I was about like 12 or 13. Um, and I grew up in, in a town called Warrington, Pennsylvania, which was just kind of south of Doylestown, Pennsylvania, in the Central Bucks area. Um, and Doylestown was known for having a lot of big bands come through that area. They're kind of like the hub. So you had like the Ataris and the Wonder Years, like the two kind of biggest bands that came from that area. Um, so it would be like a Thursday night and I would go see like the Wonder Years, Bangarang, and then the Ataris. And it was just like, it was just like a regular day to me. Like, I didn't know how good I had it, I'll be honest. Um, <laughs> So it was cool seeing that. Um, and, you know, my older brother, he plays bass uh, and he was singing in a bunch of like kind of like punk, kind of like punk influence, like a lot of hardcore stuff. Um, and he was always singing and playing bass in bands. Um, and I was trying to drum in some bands, but never really drummed in his band. 
um, but we would always go to shows in that area. So like Doylestown and Lansdale was super known for having a lot of those bands come through there. Um, and I've been pretty lucky to go to some of those shows. Um, like the biggest one I remember was um, going to see Dillinger Escape Plan play as like a New Year's Eve show at Siren Records in Doylestown. And it was like they would move the clearance rack out of the way and then there's just like a stage in the corner and then just Dillinger Escape Plan. So, and this was like, I want to say like 2007, 2008, like around there. So like the height of like their heaviness, you know? Um, and seeing them play was really cool. Um, that record store was run by uh, Bob Meadows, who is the singer of A Life Once Lost. They kind of had like that, like, I don't want to say like full on stoner rock, kind of like stoner metal, but a lot of like more like the droney guitar, like written in three, four kind of stuff. Um, but going to a lot of, you know, shows there. Um, and uh, I'd probably say like the other biggest band that came through there uh, was Balance and Composure. Um, I used to go to shows when before they were balance and composure most of their members in their in their band were called the erection kids and the Sick one of the man. first albums i bought was a split with title fight and the erection kids and it was sick like if like that's the reason why neck deep is called neck deep is because of that title fight song on that erection kid split so it's pretty sick uh I mean, Neck Deep might say otherwise, but like one of the biggest title fight songs is called Neck Deep. That's my connection. Um, but it was cool kind of like seeing those bands play. And again, like I would see them at like, like church basements. Um, I would see them just play like random like teen centers. Um, it was pretty sick that I got to see that. Um, and still um, to this day, I'm really good friends with uh, Justin Monshine, who was uh, the drummer of Bangarang. Um, he's now in a band called a 22. Um, he's a really good, a really good friend of mine. Uh, he plays drums. He played guitar. He's a huge, like skateboard philanthropist. <laughs> um, so he like helps build skate parks. He gets skateboarders like going in the Lansdale and Philadelphia area. And he does a lot of skate photography as well. So huge shout out to him. Good friend of mine. Uh, and then Matt Brash, who also plays guitar in the Wonder Years um he's just been a pretty good friend we chat every now and again um and yeah he just he records a lot of bands that come through that area he has his own home studio and he's just like so dialed in to like paying homage to like that local scene and growing up in that area so it's pretty cool that it's like still still thriving in the philadelphia area yeah i i would say like if you just listen to any wonder years lyrics from like the first two albums like you can kind of get a sense of the philly like yep. music yeah, scene swinging right yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> you, you kind of get that vibe that philly knows what's up and yeah even to this day you know it's a hard market to get into like for touring bands because they they keep it so tight-knit and and like right. in their chest so Mm -hmm. once you get in and once you get got like that connection in the philly scene like it's you're you're on the right path they they definitely yeah. don't let just like any any touring band into their city it's like kind of the, the, the hardcore scene is like even tighter 
with that stuff too. Like you guys have heard of this is hardcore fest. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Just going to this is hardcore and seeing like blacklisted and cold world just play on a Friday night for like a $30 ticket was just like a normal part of the summer for me. And I didn't realize that people would travel like across the U S sometimes other countries to go to this is hardcore. And I'm like, I'll just drive 30 minutes down 95 have my car doesn't get broken into it just you know try to enjoy it um but you like going to this is hardcore is a really big thing for me as well too um and probably what kind of like not force me into being straight edge but like you see so many people from fsu so many people xw you kind of just learn about you know being straight edge from like a really young age um and for me it was like kind of seeing that going to shows when i was 13 14 15 was like a pretty cool thing for me so kind of like the positive peer pressure mentality. So claimed edge when I was 13, still here 20 years later, uh, had three X's down my leg, uh, you know, just like uh, Dan Campbell talked about. So, yeah, uh, you know, it's, yeah. So it's pretty cool with all that stuff, but yeah. So uh, it, it was like the hardcore scene was even tighter with that. Like, have you seen the gangland episode on FSU? Yup. No, I have not. <laughs> Yeah, it's that's what I grew up with. So, Justin, I'll let you summarize this one. Um, so essentially, they were a um, a straight edge group of guys that were the FBI labeled a gang. Um, but essentially, what they would do is in in most major cities where FSU had a big um, following, typically Boston, New York, Philadelphia. Uh, if you were selling drugs or if you were drinking or selling cigarettes anywhere in the vicinity of one of these shows, you would quickly get your ass kicked and thrown right outside. Um, like but crowd killing to the extreme. Crowd killing to the extreme. And yeah. um, fun fact, Elgin James, who is the head of FSU, he is the current writer and showrunner for Mayans MC on FX right now. That's pretty uh, sick. Yes. He the reason why season one and season two of Mayans were so spread out was because Elgin James got arrested for a attempted murder I'm case surprised. where yeah. he headed a dude so hard that he almost killed him. <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't even know that. Yeah, dude. I, I was so in the Sons of Anarchy. And then when they announced Mayans, I looked up who was, I'm like, who's, who's doing this? Like someone has to be yeah. really close. And it was Elgin James. And I was like, from FSU, get out. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how you know him, right? <laughs> like that's, a, it's yeah. so funny. But like, we were FSU really tight with was... like the colorblind guys down here in oh, Florida. Yeah. That it's like, you, you know, like you weren't automatically in the gang or whatever, but like you just kind of see him, give him like the heads up, you know, and yeah. like, for 90% of the time, like they were just there really just kind of acting as security at the shows. Like they really mm-hmm. wanted people to hang out and have a good time and be able to mosh, stage dive, do whatever. But then the second it started getting into, you know, like showing up drunk or like spilling alcohol inside of a venue, it was just like, we're just acting like an idiot in the pit. So people couldn't dance. Like you would just get your teeth knocked out and just, thrown outside Very quickly and yeah so i remember um the other cool venue that i went to a lot was the first unitarian church 
So if you guys have ever seen the videos, it's a legit church basement off, I think it's 22nd and Chestnut or 21st and Chestnut right around there. Uh, my brother still works in the city, so I'm sure he knows it like the back of his hand. But I went to go see Scarhead. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, like a very New York hardcore from like the DMS crew kind of era. And I went to go see Scar Lord. And I think it was when Isaac and Danny Diablo were singing. And I remember like I had like, I think I was wearing a straight edge band shirt for like letdown or something. And I just got like punched in the face so hard, thrown into a wall just because Scarhead was very against all that. But like, I still listened to them. I loved them. I was just trying to two-step and have a good time. But like going to the church, that was just another like another night, another day for me. Like I, I saw like four years strong there. Then I would see like dance, Gavin dance. And then I would see like let down the next day. Uh, the Wonder Years play their countless times. Um, Your demise, like so many different touring bands. I think I saw Whitechapel there one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but like they just had so many different bands come through there. And it's such like a widely known like venue and i would just go there and just pay 20 dollars to get in and just hang out give joe hardcore a little hello just go inside and just mosh and hang out and have a good time but if you ever get a chance to watch some of the videos from like just that venue like i would definitely recommend it it's it's a it's definitely a place to go but it's like it's tiny (laughs) like it only fits maybe like 300 400 people max and it's but it's a it's a great place it was funny. Last time I went to This Is Hardcore was 2012. I think that was the last time I went and Gorilla Biscuits headlined it. Yep. And um, crazy. I was I was lucky enough to catch Gorilla Biscuits then. And then <laughs> I was lucky enough to catch them at Fest this past year. It was the first time in 20 years that they had come to Florida. And it was the coolest experience. It's like watching them do what they do with a barricade. And um they played, they played, I don't know if you've ever been to Fest, but they played at Bo Diddley Plaza, which is like, it's, um, it's basically like an outdoor plaza and they have, it's like a a brick stage and they had a barricade and, um, obviously Gorilla Biscuits does not like barricades whatsoever, but, uh, like he kept, he was just like, just, just break the barricade, just come over. Like, it's fine. Security doesn't care, whatever. And then as they were, they, they played minor threat and as they were playing minor threat, this kid comes from the bathroom, which is right behind the stage, sneaks over the stage, <coughs> runs and jumps over the barricade, which it was probably like a like easily like a five to six foot gap, dives over the barricade like an Olympic long jumper, just right into the crowd and just crowd surfs all the way to the back of the plaza. <laughs> I would I would I would love that. Like uh I'm definitely in Mosh retirement. Um, yeah. but I I always get hurt. It really is a thing. Like um, there was uh, the outdoor venue here in Dallas for Gas Monkey Bar and Grill, not just mm-hmm. the actual Gas Monkey venue, but it had like the restaurant. It had like a little outdoor patio on it. And that was where I saw Knocked Loose play. And I think they're playing with Riding Out and Candy. And yeah. I was like, $30 for this ticket? I'm going wild. And uh, I ended up snapping my ulna clear in half over someone's head when I was moshing for knocked loose and like, I immediately felt it snap. I was like, this is not good. And then, uh, Chelsea was like, let me drive you to the hospital. And I was like, no, I'm doing it like an idiot. 
and like every time I went to move like the steering wheel, like it would just be a shooting pain. But like my arm oh. was not clear in half, uh, so I was basically out for six eight weeks rehabbing my arm. And then you know, of course, we went to a few shows. Um, you know, she tried to keep me a little bit more tame and relaxed, <laughs> and not like mosh to newfound glory, hit or miss when we would go see them. <laughs> so yeah, um, and you know, so then uh, we went to uh, so what festival um mm -hmm. i'm sure you guys have, have heard of oh, that yeah. too um but it was the one that was in the texas rangers stadium last year um and knocked loose was playing again and then i tore my calf muscle like <laughs> about like a quarter of an inch up it was just a grade one tear but it's enough that like i couldn't flex my right foot um just because like you're basically like your muscle attaches to the achilles and mm -hmm. i was like i can't i can't do this anymore <laughs> So I am officially in Mosh retirement. Uh, I still watch all the videos on Hate Five Six of everyone jumping around, diving around, Shout having a good Sonny. time. And I'm like, dude, love it. I, again, too, like I grew up in Philly. Just he was at every show. Yep. And I just take it for granted. I'm like, that guy is like changing the world through hardcore and punk. And so, and I just like would see him be like, hey man, what's up? Um, but yeah so just watching all those videos and i'm like yeah i can't do that anymore like i'm not i'm not young and then no kind of like the e-bug stuff it's like can you imagine if i call their assistant gm i'm like hey man so like i don't know if you ever listen knock loose but like i was having a great time and uh, i tore my calf muscle so uh yeah i'm out for this season like uh i just feel like i can't do that so i kind of have to be a little bit smarter smarter with it now but like trust me like the urge is there dude you're giving us so much to write the headline for when you go in and play a game yeah. <laughs> local street edge <laughs> vegan guy in mosh retirement goes and wins yeah. a game for the dallas he steps Stars. out of mosh retirement to play in the <laughs> nhl yeah that's so funny yeah i mean like uh i i love it man like i love going to shows love listening to you know so many different bands um like uh sorry my cat is entering the room so if you see him hop up here and you know what's oh, up that's but, fine uh, uh chelsea and i just uh bought tickets to go see real friends tomorrow night nice um, and then nice. i think it's like uh next friday we're going to see broadside um which is one of her absolute favorite bands um but it's it's cool man um but i've, I've met a lot of like different people through hockey that are also in bands so much like you guys have done that um i was like shocked to find out yeah rex is gonna hop up here so you're gonna see him <laughs> make a little cameo up here. Good. um but uh he just made a little sound he's trying to take the measurements to hop up here but um it's cool that i got to meet a lot of those guys as well too um and i actually got to skate with chris number two from anti-flag i don't know if i'm allowed to hi buddy so rex um he's just gonna hang out here for a little bit um <laughs> just has no idea no, it's all yeah, good. This is his normal thing. But <laughs> met Chris number two from uh from anti flag. Uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say anti flag with a lot of the, the allegations and everything that were going on. But um, I played hockey with him when they were here in tour on tour. Excuse me, with uh, Rise Against and AFI. So nice. I got to skate with them with a drop in during the day. Uh, brought him some some vegan food as a little snack. Played hockey and then he gave us like all access passes. So I just got to watch Rise Against and AFI from the sound booth with him, which is just, yeah, incredible. Just standing there. And like, I think at Toyota, I think that night they had like 2,500 people. 
nice so just standing there and seeing like the sea of people back i was like this is pretty wild so it's cool i got to do that but you know huge thanks to him that's awesome yeah Yeah. the hockey and music world i love when it comes together and uh you know we've had kyle from the stars on who does a lot of the the media presentation for them and uh whenever there's someone involved with the nhl in some capacity and also likes alternative music like we we try to to find them and uh just (laughs) for example recently like out of nowhere the seattle kraken organist started ripping a just friends song the other night i'm like yeah are we freaking kidding me yeah (laughs) it's mind-blowing yeah that's sick oh speaking of which chris you might enjoy this one so uh dylan cooper who's the nhl social media Mm-hmm. manager he has a uh metal band it's like hardcore metal uh yeah. pneumo- it's called pneumonia breath that's sick and they're they just released their first release and they had uh mike ranica from devil wars prada on it unreal yeah just, just like their first hockey's release. just so small yeah just a <laughs> yeah. small guy i don't know if you've ever heard of that band but yeah it's uh <laughs> that's pretty sick that they have that but I've been I've been lucky that like um, when I was working at Golden Monkey before and working for Monkey Sports, um, I met a lot of people like through that. Um, like the one day, uh, one of our uh, one of the ladies I was working returns. She was like, "Hey, I got this goalie helmet back in. Um, I need you to check to make sure it's not worn or anything." Because again, you know, we don't want to have to sell you know used equipment, so to speak. Yeah. <clears throat> so, excuse me. Uh, but I go look at it and I check out the helmet. I'm like, no, nah, like tags are pulled off it. Like, it's still good. Someone definitely adjusted it. But like, no dents, no smells, nothing crazy. But it was like almost a $1,000 goalie mask. Or so, excuse me, like a $600 goalie mask. So we're like, just want to make sure, you know. And then I look at the name and the name of the order said Jay Weinberg. And I was like, hold on. So I look at the email and they said like, Weinberg one at slipknot.com or like whatever it was. And I was just like... <laughs> He plays goalie, and oh, he so does. like I, I was he like, does. yeah, so that, that yeah, that's how I found out. So that's how I was like, well, just just email him anyway. Like we don't normally email people, but just be like, yeah, we've accepted your return if you need anything else. And then so uh, basically, I just kind of like talked to him through that, um, and that was how I found out that he was you know playing goalie, um, and it was cool that that happened. And he actually flew out from Nashville to New Jersey. Uh, in the one of the Woodbridge locations to go get fitted for gear, be like called ahead to make sure that there was someone there. And uh, my buddy Brian saw him. He like he walked in the door. He was like, "Yeah, I called over a few days ago to make sure someone was here to fit me for gear." And then Uzo Uzo was like, "Holy shit, you're Jay Weinberg!" And like, so it just ends up helping him out, get fitted for gear and a whole bunch of stuff. But it, it's cool that you know just, but he didn't reach out, ask for anything special or anything when he ordered the gear. Just paid straight up for thousand dollar goal or he returned a six hundred dollar one to buy the thousand dollar one and i was like that's awesome so just regular guy just trying to play hockey and and not even like like you know slipknot aside because everything that happened with slipknot and everything but just the pedigree that that man has come from with his dad you know playing for bruce springsteen and him playing for bruce springsteen like it's just it's just so fucking cool, like just meeting or even just like being in the presence of someone like like Jay Weinberg. Like that's just insane. He's like super humble, just like a regular guy. You know, it's I think he even made like um 
the hockey joke. I was listening to him on the podcast with um, uh, Craig Reynolds, the drummer from yeah, Downbeat. Yeah, I, I watch his YouTube videos when he was just reviewing other drummers. They're fucking hilarious. <laughs> like he just <laughs> takes a deep dive into like the background. <laughs> like he's like, why does he have this poster here of space? You know, like. But he had uh, some cool stuff there. Um, and uh, yeah, so that was why I found out when Jay was like, yeah, I just put my pants like one leg on at a time, just like everyone else. He had like a very like hockey methodical approach to how he plays drums. And I was like, I respect the shit out of that. Like, it's mm -hmm. cool how he treats it like hydrating his body, resting, eating the same foods, you know, figure out what foods help him play longer. And I'm like, that's just what any hockey player would do. And it was cool that like yeah. it resonated with that a lot too. Amen. And I guess speaking of YouTube channels, it's a great sure. time to talk about your own. So yeah. let's plug away. What, where can uh, people find your, your content that you're putting out there? Sure. Um, so I made it like a really big point to kind of like brand myself, uh, kind of be like the face behind my own content. So uh, on Instagram, TikTok, I feel weird saying TikTok, but I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm on TikTok and Facebook, uh, just Chris X Dudo, um, the hardest kids still put an X by their name. So I had to, <laughs> shout, I think I was champion or carry on if you know which one, but, um, but yeah, so I did that, um, and kind of rebranded myself and then also on YouTube as Chris X Dudo. Um, and the nickname I've kind of coined is the goalie gear snob. Um, and it kind of took a while to kind of come up with that name. Um, but that's kind of been like the moniker, the way I've kind of viewed it. And I kind of just realized that like, you know, we, I know we're kind of talking earlier off camera about it, but there's not many people that I've met through like goaltending that really have this like higher understanding of gear or what it can do for you um, to kind of like help elevate your game. So I kind of just like rebranded myself as that in a way. So you just see, you just, you, you, oh, fuck. Usually you'll see like Chris X Dudo, the goalie gear snob. Um, that's going to have like introduced myself there. Um, and so I'm all over YouTube. I just had a video come out earlier today. Um, they are long. Um, so if you don't have 40 minutes to learn about Vaughn Velocity V10 gear, might not be the <laughs> video for you. But um, I want to I give the gear a fair shake. Like I know a lot of attention right now is like eight, 10 second videos, but I really want to take like a hyper deep dive into why this was done a certain way or why the spec is here or why the vendor did it. Um, just because goalie gear is expensive. Um, like yep. to fully get outfitted, like you're talking like six to $8,000 and then it breaks down in two years. So like imagine you get a $10,000 car, then in two years, it's literally obsolete. Like that's like what it breaks down to. So I just try to break that gear down and talk about why it's good, why it's bad and kind of share my opinion on it. Um, I started that channel in April. Um, it's been growing steadily. Um, I've had a lot of people reach out, um, but kind of like growing on Instagram and Facebook, started earning a few dollars uh through like the adsense and stuff so uh, i guess it's a full-time job now um but it's uh it's pretty cool that i've been able to do that um i think that's kind of what helps free up the schedule a little bit for the stars that just creating content editing filming stuff throughout the day um and uh then you know if they need me i can just stop what i'm doing and drive 30 minutes and I'm at the rink all right so i'm gonna leave you with a quick question to kind of put you on the spot sure. 
best goalie gear in the NHL and the <clears throat> worst goalie gear. Like and like the best style. Best style, best like whole <clears throat> presentation. Ooh, okay. I'm gonna try not to and it could be and it can, it doesn't even have yeah. to be current NHL. Like it could be yeah. historic. Can I, can I start off with a chirp first that you as sure. an Islanders fan would get? Okay, so So Garth Snow. <laughs> Is I it mean, Garth Snow? Was... He was a flyer, so I have to respect it. Also, the guy just – he would sew another jersey under his jersey. So if he lifted his arm, the puck would catch it. So, like, the guy was an absolute fucking cheater. <laughs> like, respect uh, yeah. the hell out of that. And had the um, biggest was, pads ever. Yeah. He would uh, – if you look back to some of the old photos, he would take, like, the top half of the pad, which is called the thigh rise. He would cut that off, and he would sew it on top of another thigh rise. So he would extend his pads like by eight inches. And yeah, so a lot ridiculous. of the current rules that are in place are literally because of him. Um, and he still is, was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, the, like it's crazy. Like the NHL legal limit for pads right now is around like 38 inches overall. But like a guy like Pekka who's like six four, six six in that area or like Vasilevsky, they don't even really come close to that 38 inch overall. Dude, he was wearing like 44 inches overall. Like they literally would come up past his thigh. I'm like, how do you even move? Like, I feel like I'm struggling at like NHL practices. And then he's over here just wearing pads that are like tickling his nipples when he's in his stance. And he's just like still getting beat. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I would say current goalies right now, like um, I hate when like the tape color isn't used in the team color. So, like, Ilya Sorokin, he uses black tape, and the Islanders don't have any black in their uniforms, and it just drives me nuts. <laughs> I'm like, just use white. Like, you can get away with, like, an orange on a knob or blue, but I'm like, don't use black tape. Like, I just hate it. He wears, like, almost all white gear, black tape. I think that's a style no-no. So, uh, I'd probably chirp Ilya Sorokin first. So, sorry that I had to... I didn't even know what first. Co- see you got that attention to detail, man. I had yeah, no idea even what color tape. Or... <laughs> yeah, um, and then I mean, like selfishly, um, I'd probably say like I really like a clean, simple base pad. Like a lot of vendors and a lot of manufacturers try to put like really cool graphics and other things there, um, but I really like solid colors or simple colors. So for a goalie that does like an all white or an all black or an all red, I just think that looks cool. Uh, I really like that. So like Jacob Markstrom, he uses an all white set and then he was flirting with the idea of doing like an all red set, you know, at home games. I just think that looks pretty sweet. Um, Like Carter Hart right now at the Flyers, he has an all white pad with like uh, little hits of orange in the logo that just match the Flyers. I just think that looks incredibly clean, looks really good. Um, but I'd probably say the best, oh man, that's tough. Um, and if I mean, it's not so, Ed Belfort or Cujo, then your answer is yeah. wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, oh man, that's so good. I mean, maybe like for those older nineties goalies, I could see like Belfort's being really iconic. Cujo being really iconic. Um, even Ron Hextall had some really iconic sets like, or that really iconic photo of him in like the bloodstained jersey, you know, like very Philadelphia. Uh, I really like those. But I mean, probably all time, I, I'm a really big like Marc Andre Fleury fan, you know, despite being from Philadelphia, always loved him with his Penguins. 
that really bright sport gold or like, you know, like the deep yellow. Um, I loved how that looked, especially when the Penguins didn't use that color in their uniform. I just thought that looked sick. So I'd probably put Flurry up there. Um, and he's still playing, you know, 20 years in the show. Like that's incredible. Oh yeah. Um, and so he's, he's really good at that. So I really liked his style. kind of keeps a lot of style in his gear too. So I really, I really like his. So I'd probably put Flurry up there. It's probably like in the top, like three, um, but it's funny you brought up uh, Ed Belfour and stuff like that. Like uh, I actually have a Vaughn set that used his iridescent material from 1999. My friend that works over at Vaughn hid the roll of material at the factory because he knew I wanted to use it. So other stars, goalies, and people asked for it over the last like 20 years. And he just kept saying like, no. And then like, like really big in the last like five years, um, he hid the role for me at the factory. And so we use the last of it on a set of gear. So I'll show you the blocker, <clears throat> but uh, it's basically called iridescent green, which is this like outer stripe right here. So Ed Belfour last used this in like 1999. And so this was like the very last of it. So it's just basically just a color changing material that it goes from like silver to purple to green. Yeah, it's um, like that DuPont I, paint. Yeah, so I use the last of it. So um, I kind of like have like the last of the iridescent green. So uh, I would probably say somehow have a six degree separation from uh, from Ed Belfort and Marty Turco. And is that all their gear for a little bit? Is that your current setup for like when if is that what's in your car in case you get the call up? Uh, it would have been, but here's another little uh, e-bug secret that I'm sure if any of the other e-bugs hear this, they're probably going to get upset. But I was told that I'm not allowed to wear black equipment. Uh, this is direct from ownership down. Um, they don't want any of their goalies wearing dark-based equipment. So uh, I've been pretty casual and pretty chatty with Scott Wedgwood uh, just about his gear collection um, and any of the practices I'm at. He'll like hop out and go, you know, like over to the bench, take a sip of water and he'll come up to me. He's like, so I put my strap here instead of here. What do you think? And like, we start chatting about gear and everything, but um, he wore black base gear when he was with Arizona and New Jersey. And then, you know, last season with Dallas and they told him to switch um, and they told me the same thing. So I actually have to wear white or they allowed me to wear like the retro looking set. So I'll take the retro set and use that but I was uh, not allowed to wear black and I'm a little upset with that because I think they look incredible. Like looking at the pads too, like having an all black pad, the iridescent outer roll that just kind of changes colors. Like I thought that looked incredible, but stars management wouldn't let me do it. Jeez. And with the yeah. Ed Balfour connection, man, like you would have just yeah. run over the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i i would love it um but yeah so it's just just one of those things and uh i don't want to kind of have to bite the hand that feeds so mm -hmm. uh, i don't want to have to take it with me that all of a sudden i'm in the game and their goalie coach is like what the fuck i told him like you know not to do this so i don't want to i don't want to piss off anyone too much but uh but yeah i usually kind of wear the retro set but i did sneak um that black and iridescent set out when i had to uh I do the skate with uh, Duchesne and Foxa when they were coming back from injury. They had to do like an injury skate and get cleared to go on the away trip. So I went out there and did a skate with them when I broke those out and I actually had a full on conversation with Duchesne about black gear. 
which was pretty cool that he noticed it immediately. And we had the whole conversation of should goalies wear black? Should they wear white? I told him I wasn't allowed to wear black. I was kind of breaking a rule to, <laughs> to you know, sneak it out the day before the away trip. But I think like the management already left because like all the windows were closed above the rink. So I was like, all right, no one's going to notice it. But, uh, but it was cool. But yeah, so I had the full on conversation with him and it just basically ended with like, dude, you're so good. You could score on any colored goalie gear you want to like, you're just a magician with the puck. So he had a good chuckle out of it, but, uh, it was pretty cool being able to chat with him about that. What a cool job, man. That's, a, that's <laughs> such a, it's fun. a cool, cool experience. Yeah. But Chris, man, I truly yeah. appreciate you coming and chatting with us and, yeah go go follow chris on all his socials and uh sure. make sure you subscribe to the youtube hit the the bell or whatever they say on yeah. youtube we don't really I, do too I call, much i call there. it the liberty bell that's uh my inner oh, philadelphia sneaking nice out and uh yeah so my my buddy that edited the ending card for me it's literally the liter- the liberty bell so if you look at it it's just nice dumb little attention to detail little easter <laughs> egg but i always say ring a cute little liberty bell for notifications so snuck it in there so it's pretty cool that it's like and subscribe yeah yep. and if you want slide into the, his dms and try to get that 50 percent off vg uh discount code see if it works <laughs> i'll have to see if it still works and see what's going on man you're gonna I'm see surprised my order wasn't canceled man like 50 percent off vg it's like free you know they're like george keeps ordering vg stuff like why does he keep ordering so much it's like george paris's personal v- it, it was like, code. I think it was his. Like, he definitely got called about it. I was like, who's this random kid? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so, sorry, George. Didn't mean to do that. I can't wait for um, Mikey to get the text from Hammer on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> edit that it shit like, out. Yeah, it was, it was so old. Yeah, but yeah, that, that's my best. I, I still, I'm wearing VG shorts right now. I still love the brand and wear it. So, it's cool that you, you know, you recently had him on there. I was listening to that one, so. He had a lot of cool stuff to say, and uh, it's just like we were kind of talking about earlier. It's so cool that, like, hockey brings so many different people together Mm -hmm. um, and just get to enjoy the sport and just kind of see it for what it is. Um, And it's cool how so many people are kind of sneaking in their own versions. Like, you know, like, for me, like, I still have – keep all of my piercings in when I play. Like, I clearly look like a kid that listens to, you know – alternate music or whatever so it's kind of like my kind of way of looking like it but then you have the the seattle kraken organist you know <laughs> popping off playing some pop punk like you can't beat that you know oh don't worry we got him coming on soon where it's in the works it's in the works it's in the works but yeah like i said chris truly appreciate you hanging and uh of course we'll keep in touch and we'll we'll link you up with our buddy kyle with the stars because i think you guys yeah. would hit it off Sure. I probably walked past them probably like a few times now and probably just yeah. didn't even realize that I kind of get like the little bit of tunnel vision when I'm there. Cause like I said, I kind of feel like I'm working a little <laughs> bit. So I might not be taking in the sights and sounds as, as much as I should be. But uh, yeah, I just try to, you know, sit there and pay attention, but yeah, I'm sure I probably walked by him or probably saw him at some point. So it's pretty sick that. Uh, yeah. You know, Cause he's going to be the one right in the headline. Yeah. Lo- oh, local boy. straight edge vegan <laughs> yeah. out of Mosh reti- retirement wins the yeah, game oh, for the that, stars. That's, that's such a good one. It gets two points for the boys. You know, that'd be, <laughs> that'd be pretty sweet. I'd love that. All right. Well, Chris, man, we'll cool. let you go, man. Cool. Peace out. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it, too. Pleasure Anytime, chatting with man. you as well.